Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm Duncan, filling in for your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today are Andy. Heidi, hi. Jeff. Yellow. And John. Hey. Today, we're going to be talking about Beastars, a 2019 anime that finally made its way out of Netflix jail mid-March, <laughs> just when everybody really needs something to sink their th- uh, teeth into. It's based on a manga of the same name by Paru Itagagi, and the adaption was directed by Shinichi Matsumi, produced by Studio Orange with CD direction by Eiji Inomoto, who, who spanked prominence together in recent years with their adaptation of Land of the Lustrous. Best anime um, of the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> Not according to our list. <laughs> well, according to John's completely randomly selected list. <laughs> so, Beastars centers around Lagoshi, a wolf. He's a quiet student of Cherryton Academy, a school for anthropomorphic animals, where he lives in a dorm with several other carnivore students. As a member of the school's drama club, Lagoshi works as a stagehand, helping the actors such as star pupil Louise slash Ruiz, depending on which you believe, subs or dubs. Um, <laughs> suddenly, everything is thrown into confusion when another member of the club, Tem, now Packer, is murdered and devoured by a carnivore in the night. This incident brings to the surface the unease and distrust that has been brewing in the background between the school's herbivore and carnivore students. Then, late at night, Lagoshi has a encounter with Haru, a dwarf rabbit, and as a result begins to develop distinctly complex feelings for her. So, from here, many things happen. Let us discuss them. (laughs) Andy, (laughs) this is your baby. Yeah. Where did you first hear of Beastars and why do you love it so much? I can't remember where I first heard of Beastars, to be totally honest. Um, It must have been... um, Maybe it was a preview or something that just all caught my eye like the animation the mm-hmm. art style was really like really drew me into it and then i borrowed the manga the first volume off my friend and was like yeah mm-hmm. this is this is really really good and it is like it it's a show which i think has a lot of incredibly um interesting and deep points that's trying to bring across in a very sort of like Tra- in a, it's told in a, in a way that feels very much like a tragedy but then mixed with some other like lighter elements as well mm-hmm. um, you could almost say it's Shakespearean if you wanted to go that far but <laughs> I don't know whether people would it certainly has a pre- uh, uh, a interest in the Shakespearean with its uh, mm. cast of drama students uh, whether or not we can quite class it as as up to the level of the bard himself etc is, <laughs> is another matter but it certainly he does not hold back with trying to do tell an interesting tale and it i mean i, I think the manga doesn't the first volume of the manga for what it's worth um doesn't really go anywhere it doesn't actually like it pretty much is the think the first two episodes it really like the first volume very much um revolves around sort of the Thames murder, which is dealt with in about an episode and a half, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is all new stuff. Um Thames murder is is very much at least for the duration of the first season, the inciting incident. It's it's not necessarily what drives the plot forward itself, but it is mm. the the thing in which brings everything else to a boil. Yeah, and and then also just Yes, you're totally right. And it's it's then sort of pertinent to know that we don't actually, or at least so far, we don't actually know who murdered Tem. It's almost like that's not a problem or not an issue anymore. Like It's blatantly the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. That's my, uh, that's my opinion anyway, but still, who knows? Hopefully not spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Could so. Be. Well, we'll find out in the second Indeed. season, which is apparently coming. Yeah. Which is good. That's, I think that's one, one of the things we're very glad about, like, that the that this has mm-hmm. immediately got been a success and got that second season greenlit, and so we will yeah. get the full arc. Um, Although I don't know how much manga's there. That's the only other thing I was thinking because it's quite a recent new manga. So it's it's fairly recent, yeah. I mean, there is a a lot of manga. Like, there's like 15 volumes out or 18 volumes. Okay, well then there's there's got to be enough then, yeah. Well, yeah, but the the other thing like the other thing that comes across 
more and more as you watch it is it's such a well realized world like everything even mm-hmm. though they're all anthropomorphic animals it's in a society that the author has really cared about and really considered and really loves and um i know that this isn't sort of his first attempt at drawing something like it's, this it's a it's a female mangaka um Sorry, she attempt. she apparently started uh drew Lagoshi first when she was a teenager and <laughs> he's a character she's been messing around with in just various do- dojins etc for most most of her, her young career and then finally found a home for with the narrative of Beastars yeah and um, so that's that's an interesting like it's just some, someone's drawn something and then almost built a story <laughs> built the world which would produce that person which is is an interesting thing. Yeah, the closest thing, the thing I was just going to say, the closest thing this reminds, the actual world reminds me of is um, my life as a centaur. Um, oh, Jesus which Christ. Is a, well, <laughs> I had to go. I, I can kind of see that because there's like, there's like care and attention being paid to like the infrastructure you, of like how would this at, world yeah. like literally work yeah. as opposed to like the the quality. Of I want to, okay, I don't, I don't really want to harp on this too much, but it is very much the Japanese Zootopia and I was curious and I looked at the... It's the Japanese Zootopia in like a very, very sort of shallow way. But uh, I would argue it's not that shallow. Like, like it, it, you could take this high school and put it in Zootopia, and I think it would fit. Honestly, like the only thing is that like Zootopia, everything is so one note, and everything is so like you know them talking about herbivores and carnivores means exactly one thing, and then all you know, and then that problem is solved by the end of yeah. the movie. Whereas in this, the problem is by definition intractable and unsolvable which is why it works it's been a so long much time better. since i saw zootopia i really liked zootopia i don't remember the problems being entirely solved yes the core like conflict of the carnivore eating or murdering or whatever i don't even fucking remember anymore yes but i'm pretty sure that it laid some groundwork for future stuff too whether or not they ever go down that path is different but my point is well, let's just jump right into this then <laughs> my point is and actually i have two things one i like i said i don't really want to harp on it but i did look at the timeline and b stars came out very sh- like shortly after zootopia and i wonder if that's why that's where the timing lined up and where she was like finally oh this is my time to do this yeah it does similarities yeah. are in my opinion a lot more than just superficial like it, it is it stars at like not a wolf, like not a fox, but a wolf. Similar sort of uh, f- family of animals. I don't remember the fucking yeah, okay. taxonomy. And a broadly canine male and a broad and, and, and then a fucking rabbit. Uh, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's not just a coincidence, I don't think. But either way, um, it's really good. I don't. <laughs> I just I I I think it's worth mentioning okay. just because the timeline is so like. It came out like a year after Zootopia. Like, there's, there's no way that that wasn't a coincidence. Or yeah, but also than... we know that she's, he's been drawing Lagoshi for years before Zootopia. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm not no, saying I mean, like... like Zootopia didn't inv- didn't invent furries by any stretch of the imagination. I just I just think that the timing is not like she saw the success of Zootopia and maybe whoever her editor or publisher was saw it too and was like, oh, now's the time. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with you there. That could definitely happen. Whereas I think the the biggest difference, though, like, yes, like the world is, you know, it's similar in the same way that Centaur is similar, where you have, you know, a world of anthropomorphic animals, but in Zootopia, like, I mean, like, I mean, just even content wise, like, Zootopia is a kids' movie. Like, there's no getting around it. Like, that's fine. It's fine to be a kids' movie, but the, 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 like the depth of the complexity of the issues presented in B stars are like they they come at it in so many different ways and so many different angles and describe them as being sort of inherently a, you know an issue in the society as opposed to like you know an evil plot by you know a weird villain <laughs> yeah. that can just be solved with like togetherness and friendship and but it also doesn't but it also isn't so black pilled that it's just like this is just the way it is and like you know it's not it's not by any stretch of the imagination cynical either which is also very mm-hmm. refreshing right, let me put it another way this the is other like... thing also i want to bring up about zootopia is um is, just real quick is that uh like zootopia even though they're in the city they're still segregated like the the mice are in their own little like mice 
like block yeah, district yeah. whilst in B stars they're all mm-hmm. together as sort of a single unit like there's like three different sizes of door for every single room which is hilarious <laughs> I love that um, that's such a good thing I like the little the small yeah. animals walking around and having to worry about being stepped on and be like oh you gotta stay near the walls it's so <laughs> yeah. it's goofy and it really makes a lot of sense <laughs> and uh, it's so good I love those little yeah. touches in this so I guess we kind of we've kind of danced around what the issues are, and yeah. I guess we could just like sort of go right into it because like so the the, the big division in the world of B stars is between carnivores and herbivores, <laughs> uh, which is also you know very similar to Zootopia, um, but the way it is sort of resolved is that in the world of B stars. Carnivores are expected to be at like basically like ovo vegetarians. Yes. They'll eat eggs um, and milk, and that's right, kind of ovo lacto vegetarians. Yeah. yeah, and and they have like a whole subplot of like how that infrastructure works, which we can talk mm-hmm. about later. But the and uh, but the but the, the like the carnivore instinct is sort of presented as being a like a biological urge on a level of like you know near insanity if it's not addressed properly um you and the one of the big inciting incidents of the show is that Lagoshi, while he is like you know being told to stand lookout while the rest of the drama club is going into the uh the auditorium where they're not supposed to be he so he's like on the outside at the lookout in the middle of the night he gets a whiff of a rabbit and his like hunting instinct kicks in and he almost like kills and devours Haru, who is the other sort of ostensible lead of the show uh and so we're we're presented with a character who has you know up until this moment been described as like oh he's just this like you know totally introverted totally quiet totally like you know like self-controlling he's the herbivore of all carnivores like yeah and he, yeah yeah like like the the uh, Ruiz, the the red deer like actually tells him like oh you're the worst wolf <laughs> I've ever met uh but we also see that he's perfectly capable of doing this kind of violence and his entire complex is the is him understanding how powerful and dangerous he can be and doing everything he can to prevent that from coming mm-hmm. out and we also see this conflict in other carnivores there is the tiger in the drama club who no. is like he, he he yearns to embrace it but you know knows better than to do it outwardly yeah. uh, there is a bald eagle who when presented with an opportunity declines because he can't get past the idea that like he's friends with all of these other herbivores and he can't like he can't get over the idea that like you know if he's doing this to this person he might as well be doing it to them and that you know him having these connections with these other people is what stops him but it doesn't stop him from having those instincts and the way the show deals with you know what is nature versus what is nurture is interesting because you know you can apply that to our world in how like gender relations work how racial relations work and it doesn't really present a you know a very clean answer of like you know you know it it's undeniable that the carnivores are not allowed to be fully themselves in this world which you know in you know in in a more shallow show or a more cynical show they would be you know it you know it would like it, them embracing that would be displayed as like a liberation moment whereas in this show people controlling themselves but also being free to explore themselves is this kind of like this dance that the show is playing of like you know what is allowed what is not allowed how can people function in a world like this and then you know translate that to our world you know if you have you know a world where you're expected to have two faces you know the one in private one in public you know how do you balance that and still be a full person mm-hmm. yeah and the show like it, it does a, a phenomenal job of grappling with that even just within this in the context of the the main like storyline of the wolf and the wolf logoshi and the rabbit haru who like logoshi you know his feelings for her is like you know does he love her does he just want to eat her and he's never really sure like even up to the very end he realizes that like oh it's both like i want to eat her but i also want to fuck her but i also want to have a life with her and how am i going to resolve this and she's just like i'm the prey in this situation and but i also have 
you know, sort of commensurate feelings. And I don't know how we're going to work this out. And that's kind of, and that is the, the, the cliffhanger of the, of the season. Spoiler alert of like, these people are going to have a go of it. It's not like, you know, a false kind of, I would like, Oh, the, you oh, know, I this is a fake peril. It's like, no, these people are like choosing to have a, potentially horrible life together I didn't, I didn't read that at all i read that it was more that she she he was like i still love you but i don't know how to get over this and she was like well i'll be waiting for you and that doesn't mean that I, I didn't get the impression that it was going to continue i got the impression that it was that's over yeah now. that's me too i did i would argue that that conclusion I mean, it's obviously not a conclusion because there's more to come, but the conclusion between Haru and Lagoshi at the end is very much not a cliffhanger. Like, that is a very solid, yeah. okay, I'm going to, we're going to have, we're going to figure this out. It, you know, it's like the adventure continues, but in a, in a very non-ambiguous way, like, right, they're going to try to figure it out. They know they have problems. They're going to try to figure it out. And that is a good ending, I think. And then after the fucking credits, they drop that cliffhanger where Lagoshi's like, oh, you're back. I haven't seen you in a while. And it doesn't show who he is. And fucking, anyway. That annoyed me because I thought it was I thought it was like a perfect ending and then that happened and I mean I mean I'm not not excited to get more I just was a little annoyed. Yeah, it's a bit annoying when you've got such you've got like there's a load of sure there's a load of threads like still in the air but the the main thread that's been running through this first season got nicely tied up and then it just opened up again for no real reason um, at the, mm. like after the credits. I mean you could you could argue that Tim's murder never got resolved, right? Like no. That's then that's that's a fair mm-hmm. point, but ultimately that was the inciting incident that led to everything else, right? Like, sure, it's nice to have a conclusion for something like that because it is so like it's the first fucking thing you see, but it also was not important to the story, so I, it's yeah. kind of weird. It's kind of a weird thing. I don't know. Do you three not feel that from the start of the uh, show where we really really are just dealing with a, a duo in in terms of uh, Haru and Lagoshi by the end of the the arc we have at least three main characters with um re having stepped mm-hmm. very much into the the spotlight i 100% um, think that it's not just a duo yeah it's it's definitely at least yeah. a trio and i think all those side characters are really important too like not obviously side characters are always yeah. important but you know what i mean i, I wanted to bring up uh, Rui slash louis use whichever you prefer <laughs> uh, because he is the opposite end he is a prey animal who wants to be center stage who wants to be who's instinct is implied to be running i thought like he's 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 a type of character that you could easily like he shows up and you just know you immediately gonna hate him because he's such a pompous ass and always trying to like one-up everybody Mm but man he was fucking stellar like his motivations his his drive to push through like his broken ankle and all that shit mm, what a good character yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the the broken ankle uh the idea that um prey animals will hide if they're they're injured because as that makes them more likely to be preyed upon yeah and like yeah, yeah, using yeah. that as combining that with his pride as a performer uh, for his arc was, was and i, was and I think his genuine desire to uh tighten the relationship between carnivores and herbivores to, to lessen the distance i think he actually genuinely wanted that and I, I... we're sort of left with some doubt about that at the end though john because we legoshi seems fairly straightforward until a about three quarters of the way through where we get uh, a big change in in our understanding of him when we find out his backstory. Lagoshi or Rui? Oh, do, Rui. do you mean uh, Ruiz? You said Lagoshi. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I agree that his backstory definitely opens it up. And I think that that is, to me, that is part of the source of his drive for this. Like, he is clearly deathly afraid of carnivores because of what he went through but he is pushing through that at least in my opinion uh and he's pushing through that in order to stop that from happening to other people mm. that's that's the impression i get yeah because he, yeah, he doesn't hate carnivores by any mm. stretch of the imagination he like he sort of he he envies them yeah. in a certain way he wishes he was them but he also knows he yeah. isn't yeah there's a very i'd say envy is a very very strong part of him. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. And the fact that he is like this bullet aimed at society by his uh, adoptive parents mm-hmm. with this sort of express aim of showing that herbivores can be these brave um, animals as well. Like, he's he's picked for his bravery, basically. He's picked from uh, orphanhood and possible devouring by other animals the fact that he tried to defend one of his uh, cellmates 
Yeah. Yeah, just just because of that that show of uh, selfless bravery. And we've talked in other things of like how like having a parent who has this particular desire for you to fulfill is like a staple of teenage dramas. But in his case, it's 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 mm-hmm. more than that. It's it's a role in society. It's like uh-huh. an almost um, messiah like position he's being groomed for. And like mm-hmm. at the end of the show. The, the real cliffhanger for for me is not who is the the shadow um, Lagoshi's talking to. It's not will Haru and Lagoshi make their um, relationship work. It's where's Rui gone, and what's he going to do next? I assume that the person uh, Lagoshi's talking to at the end is Rui, but you know we'll never know until we do know. <laughs> Just next season, in, in a few months. <laughs> the other thing that we um, we failed to actually mention so far is what the fuck a B star is, which is an insane thing. Oh yeah, this show, this show is called B stars, and the idea being is that it's the best, mon- like the best person. Sort of in the world, like, or is it just in the academy? I couldn't really, I couldn't really get. A... I, I couldn't really grasp it. Either. I don't know the scope of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It just seems to be like you know a celebrity or a, a leader or exactly. somebody who's recognized as being like the the yeah. best. The, uh, the way I read it was it was sort of like a like a valedictorian. Like it's like the 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 it's the whoever graduates. It's it's always it, the, the final year people, and it's whoever is like the the most worthy from within the whole campus almost like the the stuff is it the final year people because that that new wolf what's her face was also saying that like she was going to get it this year right juno. like juno juno yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess it's like an just like an ongoing thing it's like whoever is is the most notable and as you say we're not really told how it's if it's voted if it's like just a E, just like everyone mm-hmm. that it's something just everyone knows it's it's a very yeah. nebulous concept at this state yeah and, and i just yeah. find it interesting that this show is called b-stars but the main character is very much not destined to be a b-star like he has no yeah. interest in that yeah, title. he definitely doesn't want it yeah i i yeah it's pretty good yeah <laughs> and yet yet he is of, of great interest to to both of the potential b-stars both, both um, of the ones aspiring to be b-stars at least mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it also seems to be like sort of a social construct in this society where like you get sort of a, the the feeling that the you know the balance between herbivores and carnivores isn't as you know rock solid as everybody mm-hmm. wants it to be because there's all of, you get the, all of these sort of peaks into the underworld where there's like there's the black market uh, which is you know supposedly supplied with uh, flesh from morgues and mortuaries and things like that but you also have the uh, the like the the lion yakuza <laughs> whose whole deal is basically kidnapping and eating people because they're lions and they like to kidnap and eat people and and fuck you if you don't like it mm. and the uh and the mayor that uh duncan had mentioned before uh is a lion is a guy who like he like he specifically had his fangs yeah. removed and replaced with flat is, dentures to be less uh it's intimidating another one of those, like details that i i fucking love like yeah. it's just mm. it makes so much sense and it's also like, wow, way to go against who you are just to be accepted, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because like it's it's literally against the law for a for a carnivore to bare its teeth at mm. a herbivore under any circumstances. That is like sort of like the epitome of a uh, like of a social taboo. And so you know the fact that he had his fangs removed allows him to yeah, smile yeah, at yeah, people yeah. without breaking the law. And you get the impression that like you know. There's this harmony and there's this peace achieved, but like basically through sheer brute force of societal will, and that if you know, and that is also largely illusory because you get the also get the impression that the uh, like the black meat markets are also sort of like traveled by elites like the Ruiz's adopted father you know he you know he he comes into this place where like basically children are being sold to be eaten and you know and they're like oh sir i didn't expect you to be here like and it was like it was kind of like normal for him to be there and for these like to be witnessing these terrible things and he just kind of like you know at a whim picks one of these kids up and it's not like he's there to he's not there to like break it up he's not there to you know solve anything you know you you just it's just it's just accepted like you get the the impression that the elites are just these like you know jeffrey epstein types (laughs) who are you know keeping society together for their own purposes 
you know, above and beyond just like how it works on a, a personal yeah, level. Yeah, it's particularly like um, strange because he like we, is a deer, and normally it's only carnivores mm-hmm. who frequent this place, and only herbivores who are, are trafficked. But like this is a deer walking into a carnivore area and intimidating the uh, people within it so it's there's obviously certain people who have transcended the normal subtexts of society and become like threatening in their own particular way just due to dint of their uh, power within that society and we don't really get much of a a glimpse Mm -hmm. of the the wider wider world because the students are permanently on campus apart from very rare trips in and mm-hmm. so what that what like it's interesting that both all of you have said that the the society is really well detailed but actually we don't actually see that much of the society it's more their school life is really well detailed and yeah, the way that, that, that particular the, the, institution I, I thought, runs i would say the culture is well detailed less than the society yeah, is yeah. you know you get the impression mm-hmm. of like how things work even if you don't see all of the I, gears so I mean, the reason why I still think sorry, the reason why I still think is society is going back to the um, to that black meat mar- the uh, the meat market um, is it is it sort of from that point you just see you just see the school's ecosystem and the school's ecosystem is well defined and everything's happy and and it's only really when you see the black the meat market that you actually realise there is actually a really seedy underbelly in this whole town this whole world is really like. Mm-hmm really good and evil and even characters like Rui you realize are not um are not pure black and white they're not he is not a purely good person he purposefully admits like lets Haru who is also one of his who he also loves um or you've led to believe that he has deep he has feelings for um you know he he let her be eaten by the wolves and it was only Louis who actually Bigoshi. went off and sorry the 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 Lagoshi who went off and uh yeah it's the uh Shishigumi I think they're called um right yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the Shishigumi um the Shishigumi which is the the Yakuza of boss of lions um I actually thought that like that was really like that the whole the whole economy and society of of that show is really highlighted by that black meat market market now i don't know whether it's me i, I don't know if i can really i've really thought this all through but like that shows that like the deepest darkest underbelly and like the darkest desires of all these herbivores and for me i think that shows like a really well considered and balanced economy and uh system like mm-hmm. um and the, and the fact that it's not like there's like the good guys in the shadows and the bad guys who are you know in in the light like they're like the two sides yeah. are intractable and, and there's an understanding at the top that like we have to have these outlets and we have to have the this shady underbelly to have a society at all yeah and so there is this like you know and there's this like the detachment that allows him to say that like oh you know this one rabbit getting kidnapped and eaten doesn't matter in the face of keeping the rest of the world ticking along Okay, let's 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 just ask you you, you guys something. Um, the Sh- Shishigumi arc um, has brings up again one of the subtexts which permeates the show, which is um, the desire in terms of uh, eating and desire in terms of fucking, um, <laughs> and how and those two. Are very much intermingled in this sh- this show, um, and in particular, how um, desire can be used as a well. I wouldn't oppressive is a strong word, but the way Haru is hum- humiliated by being told, "Okay, we've kidnapped you. You're going to die." But if you strip, so yeah, so this this idea that. Desire is both about cons- being consumed and sex, and that's something which is obviously not present in Zootopia. And how do you guys feel like this show's attitude to sex? And I think this is principally shown through Haru. I'm not sure any we really get a focus on it through any other characters apart from her interaction with them how how we are told uses sex partly to feel 
um, notice, to feel in control, to feel a sense of being an equal, not being this tiny little thing which is ignored by other people. And yet at the Or pitied. And yet yeah. at the end, it's something which is used against her. She's humiliated and and eventually one of the great things is despite that, she fights back and smash knocks his cane out and leaves him on the on the floor just in just to buy enough time for Lagoshi to come in and, and, and save her. But how do you guys feel that sex is addressed by Beastars because it is the thing which distinguishes it from those other shows I think it's for me the the confluence of sex and violence is I think very very like I mean it's it's obviously like a huge part of the themes of the show and the fact that it was written by a woman I think sort of speaks to that because you know you get the impression that you know Haru is a character who is surrounded by people who pity her, but also she is, you know, surrounded by people who could also kill her at yes. any given yeah. time. And that also very nearly happens in the first episode. And her, you know, her, her access to any kind of power in any of these relationships is through sex. And, but that also doesn't diminish the danger and the fact that, or, or when her and Lagoshi try to have sex at one time, you know, he is, you know, trying to keep everything like low key. And then she sticks her arm in his mouth before she even realizes what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's obvious for her that like her wires are also crossed that like, like, you know, like the annihilation <laughs> urge mixed with the sex urge is like indistinguishable. And like, you know, even though this is like a, a big part of who she is and what she likes to do. It's also inseparable from, you know, from her own danger and her own death. Mm. And the fact that the whole society, you know, has, you know, exists within this tension and she is somebody who is like sort of uniquely exposed to it, even from her own side, I think is sort of illuminating of what a lot of people go through in this world. Like, because like the whole carnivore herbivore thing is much more subtle, but, and also far reaching than it is in something like Zootopia, where it's not just like, you know, Oh, you know, these are, you know, this race of people and these are that gender of people. It's, you know, it's all very mixed together of like, they're, you know, on one hand, people are being told not to live, you know, not to be who they are, but there's also, very very serious consequences to people actually following their instincts and i would you know how do you have a society that is a a balance of all those things for me the show like the sex stuff and the violence stuff like i don't think the show is about sex or violence i think it's about so zootopia i think is very much kind of a class slash race divide issue right and i think in in this one in in, yeah very very stars i think it's much more gender it's in fact it's almost entirely gender sure you could argue that carnivore versus herbivore is still a race thing but all of the dynamics like nearly all of the uh carnivores that struggle with being a carnivore are male and rui who is like he's struggling with trying to be hyper masculine to to you know be yep, yep. to become the B star. Um, then all the females are a lot more submissive. The only exception is Juno, um, just like Rui is the only exception, and they also have that conflict. So I think that sort of comes together neatly. Um, it might be worth mentioning before you go on a bit, John, that there's this concept in Japanese culture of herbivore men, of mm-hmm. these people who have lost the perceived uh, desire for finding a girlfriend or getting married who are just sort of un- unmanly men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And because that definitely for me, at least fits into the way that this show's talking about. Yeah. Gender. So Jeff had brought that off up, I think offline at one point to us. And I sort of understand where you guys are coming from, but I don't think that's really it. I think it's a lot more about balance between healthy and toxic masculinity right like there's a way to be masculine that isn't harmful towards you or other people there's also a way that you just devour everyone around you right and then and you ruin all your relationships and you hurt people all the time and i think that that negative side is when a carnivore kind of gives into their instincts right and the positive side is when is what legoshi is trying to fucking find and probably what rui rui is also trying to find like mm, yeah. both of them um 
And then on the other side of the thing, you have femininity, where Haru is always feels like weak and people pity her because, you know, she's a small rabbit, but also like that happens with women in real life, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then they become, they like try to cope with it. And in Haru's case, she comes with her through sex and she is trying to validate herself by taking advantage of her femininity. And I think that that is what Beastars is about a lot more than anything else. Um, and I think that really, that really, really comes through in the very, like the last scene between Haru and Lagoshi, where he says, I, we can't be together now, but let me figure myself out and then I'll find a way. Mm, yeah. I'll find a way to be myself and be there for you. And I think that that is why I love the show so much because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not really a masculine person, but throughout my life I have, uh, I don't really know where I was going with that. I, I, I struggled with that sort of balance too, even though I'm not like, I'm not a, what you would call a carnivore, but I have that line, right. Where I sometimes get too aggressive with people and I sometimes need to dial that back or sometimes I dial it back too much. And that's part of like why I was probably so shy growing up and still am really, but I don't know. I like that. It resonated a lot with me a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Totally. This, this is a hyper specific question for, for Jeff and John, but as two people who are, I think six, four plus both of you, you're, you're, six, both, four, yeah. <laughs> you're both not short people to say the least. And like this idea that certain, uh, that, a person of Lagoshi's build is has like Lagoshi's he's he's talked about as being tall and imposing like and so because partly because of that he has certain things expected of him in terms of behavior is that something which yes perhaps <laughs> res- resonated that you yeah absolutely yeah there's that there's definitely uh like a weird mental cost of having software that doesn't necessarily yeah. <laughs> match your hardware and like being a big guy but also just you know being kind of introverted being kind of you know nerdy and you're out you know in your takes and tastes and having that like having that physical build that backs it up people definitely look at you with like certain expectations and then well you know you're always going to either surprise or disappoint everybody (laughs) that you meet on some level (laughs) and it's it's, and it's a weird and you know in high school like i definitely took the uh the the strategy of like trying to make as little of an impact around myself as possible just saying to Mm -hmm. avoid having that like that 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 constant like interplay and just like you know opening up around people who i knew yeah and yeah so like that's like that's you know that's a that's, that's a real thing and like you know being too big and strong is probably one of the least like the ways of being <laughs> for like being marginalized if that's even like counts as being you marginalized. definitely get judged for it and you definitely have yeah people have preconceptions about tall people and big people and like i'm tall and i'm, f- I'm fat but you know yeah i'm not i'm not like uh, a round person so i look imposing you know um yeah and Mm-hmm. I mean, I've definitely noticed, like, and I'm not saying this to get, like, a pity party or anything. I've definitely noticed, like, women avoid me on the streets. If I'm walking down <laughs> alone and they're walking down alone, I they look a lot more cautious. Um, and I feel guilty for it, even though it's not my fault and it's not their fault. It's just sort of, like, how the world is. Mm. And I feel like that's a lot of what Legoshi goes through. And that's that's why I said it resonates with me a lot. Like, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it before, I guess. But, yeah, it's because I'm big and tall and I see people act that way around me. And even in, like, you know, grade school and high school, people thought mm-hmm. I was, oh, you'd be a great basketball player. Like, that's the, that's the easiest trope and joke to make about tall people. But it was also real. People often thought that I played basketball and <laughs> was good at it. I'm not. I like basketball. I'm not good at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always get asked if I played football, and it's like, I don't even know the fucking rules I think you carry a ball from one end to the other, right? <laughs> mm. So, let's, yeah. in terms of the, the, the rest of the cast, did any of you, you guys have a, a fave supporting character? I love Lagoshi's buddy friend, his, his, his dog friend. He's so good. He was so nice. I like him. Yeah. Jack, yeah. Jack the Golden Retriever. Yeah, 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 <laughs> He's yeah, just yeah. like, man's best friend, Lagoshi's yeah. best friend. And... Uh, I, th- I think one of you was talking about the the chicken. Legum, yeah, oh, she's I hilarious. That. <laughs> also, that's the dumbest thing in the shows by far. But also, it was really funny. It was a, it was a nice little yeah. bit of world building. Like, I, okay, I want to <laughs> talk about the weird chicken because like in one of the episodes, there's this like five minute little vignette. It's, start, it's the episode that begins as well. It's the start of, of the episode. This yeah. chicken who's like, and she her whole deal is that like in this world, you know, like carnivores essentially can't eat meat, but they can eat eggs, and but the eggs still have to come from someone and they come from chickens who are just like people like anybody else and one of these chickens is like 
her whole thing is that she has great pride in producing very good eggs. Like, you know, she gets up early in the morning and works out so that she'll be healthy. And her, like, her big sort of, like, uh, her big, like, boost of the week is when Lagoshi, who sits next to her in one of her classes, eats an egg salad sandwich and goes, I don't know what it is, but the the eggs on Wednesday are the best. And she's just like, <laughs> yeah. and she just, she's not like into them or anything. Like this is purely about her own fulfillment. Like she doesn't want purely pride of her own product. Yeah. And then there's yeah. like a day where he's like, Oh, these eggs aren't that great. And she's like, Oh shit. Like my entire identity is falling <laughs> apart. And then she finds out that like, Oh, actually the chef who's making the eggs moved her to Friday. So they'd have a more prominent uh, place to be enjoyed because more people buy egg salad on Fridays. <laughs> and so, you know, Lugoshi starts, buying him on fridays instead and he's like oh man the eggs are great again and she's like haha <laughs> and that's just like a little bit of world building where you know where do these eggs come from well they come from yeah. the chickens obviously and this is what it's like to be that aspect of this society that doesn't really translate yeah. to our world but is like it's interesting that it's like fleshed out as well as it is and that it informs the character as well as it does was that was that like a whole episode it was a good half it was yeah, just like half an episode, a, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it it felt quite out of place as well because I think it was quite a heavy episode before, and then it just sort of dropped in this. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it is good. <laughs> I I agree that it is good. Uh, it's also funny because like it's kind of weird that someone is working so hard to uh s- to sell their unfertilized children. I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it would be. Well, I mean, it would be like somebody. You know, it would be like in our world if like like mother's milk was something that you could buy in a bottle in a store, yeah. and that there was like lactating women, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> selling their breast milk, you know, for for consumption. Like, it, it's just like this this weird thing. I feel that it's it's not. It's it is it is weird, but I also feel it's it's very much sort of a reflection on Japanese society where they are so in. They are very much. Um, they very much try their hardest, and I guess anyone who's been to Japan to know to always be the best sort of example of like a Japanese example? person. I, example, thank you. Uh, <laughs> of like of Japan, and, and that ranges from their quality of their products to their social to their social interactions with people day to day. So I feel that that is very much sort of like a thing, which is very, like it's a very sort of ingrained in Japanese society where it's like, if you buy a Japanese product, you know, you're going to get one of the best products. And it feels like that very much is emphasizing that sort of attitude. Same with sort of some of the stuff you said about like herbivore, like carnivores fitting into herbivores. That feels very much like a Japanese society thing, which is sort of like, Saying you know you you gotta fit in you gotta be mm-hmm. you don't you can't stick out you gotta you gotta be part of the cog you mm. gotta be one with That's the machine and that is very a very Japanese sort of like yeah. societal that... way which is opposed to sort of I guess sort of like the British Americans sort of like be who you want do who you want doesn't matter if you're weird you'll fit in like everyone like you know the weirder you are the better you are right like because so it's, for me I, I felt that it was very mm-hmm. much. Um, so sort of like it's interesting because it feels almost like a battle between two societies as well, right? American society ingraining itself into Japanese culture and society as well. So that in mm-hmm. and of itself is another thing that uh, yeah, these stars a, highlights. <laughs> that's an interesting angle to take because very much the the, the idea of this more of like herbivores being uh, sort of. Uh, more brave and outgoing and uh in juno's case uh carnivore showing that she can be like caring and uh, uh welcoming to other herbivores are both like th- those two people are, who are breaking the mold are both breaking it through media through showbiz and i think like america's cultural reach into japan is definitely an interesting avenue to pursue like how this place which had these very strong strong cultural norms is finds the cultural weather uh, of the world just pushing against that and like the 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 message of every film coming over being be yourself and the message of of society and and tradition being be your role and like is do you think there's there's something to to the the fact that these are all stage kids as as where this is focused that that this is about the about specifically about culture cha- giving people a 
ability to break from their not assigned roles, but cultural. Yeah, that kind of thing. Like, I mean, I think that's also sort of. I feel that that's also what the what the good of a school is, uh, and and Mm. the education system that they're provided. Yeah. Um, Whilst it's but you know then again you've got a very different thing entirely when you're outside of the school and you're in the real world. But they. Like, again, this is another thing that I find is so interesting about B-Stars, and I don't even know if there's an, a definitive answer between any of that. It's literally just something that I've kind of been thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, because like, the show is not really about offering definitive answers. I think it's about exploring what different things mean in different circumstances like there is the uh so they're doing the stage play um and ruis is the star and it's like he's like a like a grim reaper and there's like a bunch of other guys it's basically like a big sort of like chen bara kung fu thing that they're doing and having broken his leg he goes through a whole performance with a broken leg that he's hidden uh passes out and is not able to do the next show uh and he is replaced by his understudy who is a tiger and it sort of highlights you know the fact that you know this tiger is now going to be in the role that was previously being played by a herbivore and he's excited for it because it's like oh now i get to do like the stage fighting and i don't have to hold back and the whole thing turns into a clusterfuck because he is like you know he's like like, huffing rabbit's blood to to like psych himself up and then they you know start getting into an actual fight on the stage and you know this thing that was you know this you know cool liberating thing when it was being done by a deer the exact same role is being taken by a carnivore and the context completely shifts and it's like it's not as simple as that like oh the stage play is bringing everybody together or like the media is bringing everybody together it's also the contextualized by Mm -hmm. you know if this kind of person is in Mm -hmm. this situation all of a sudden it becomes this shit show and you know they start drawing blood on stage and Ruiz has to come back on with his broken leg to sort of break it up and cover for them. And he's, you know, he tells them very specifically, don't let them see that you're bleeding on the stage because, you know, that, you know, that then, you know, the, the fantasy that we're building here is broken. And that's sort of like a bigger message for the, their entire society that they can't acknowledge, you know, what's really happening when it's really happening. We have to create this illusion and him being the face of the illusion is, you know, for, you know, his parents want him to be that. That's what he's training himself to be and what he sort of like, you know, even mm-hmm. sacrifices Haru to 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 achieve. You know, it's it's never really like, oh, like society is good because otherwise it's chaos. You know, it's like it's, you know, society is good, but it also there is a great yeah. cost to maintaining it. And yeah it's like and and, and like you know and and, and media plays yeah. a part of that yeah, you know which is also it, like you then meet that newspaper which is fucking weird and hilarious i forgot about that it's yeah. just completely like the gag of a the gag of a little like the little rat being the head of the oh yeah the head of a he's newspaper good. article and then he's got a desk on a bigger desk fucking <laughs> yes <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's a that's that's a good point to transition off themes onto the visual aspects of this show um so I'd say overall, Beastars is great to look at. Um, you, yeah. it it's staggeringly beautiful. I find it yeah. blends CG and a hand drawn in a way like very few shows have previously. And one of the shows which previously did is the aforementioned Land of the Lustrous, where we at the time theorized is that okay, this this works. They they've picked. Uh, anthropomorphic gems as their characters they're hard there's no soft surfaces no wonder they're making it easy for themselves and yet here we are watching in 2020 watching Beastars a show about animals covered in fur uh, and they're doing the CG equally as well and you'd think like that's the the last sort of thing you'd want these these soft um, characterful faces and and bodies and yet nevertheless it's outstanding throughout and so is this somehow how how are these people doing it right when everyone else seems to get it wrong i have an idea (laughs) uh one i actually don't think these stars looks as good as land of the lustrous but i think that's just personal bias if i'm being honest yeah it's not a strike two i think the the, it is as striking when they take it like 
I think the the directorial flair of Land of the Lustrous is 99% of what makes that show look so good despite everything being CG and I think that that carries over into Beastars but a bit, another like the other 1% 99 was a big number I shouldn't have used that <laughs> whatever uh, <laughs> uh, another yeah another big part is you're like Shinpachi in 99% glasses <laughs> in, in, in Beastars like a lot of CG anime um, looks really robotic and bad mm. and like they're just puppets on a string and a big part of that is because the faces are part of that robot robotic animation but in Beastars and I, I, if I recall correctly also Land of the Lustrous they'll actually draw like new textures on the face yeah. instead of just you know moving little bones around and I think that that is a large part of why the characters actually manage to have personality and like visual personality instead of just all looking like they're like I said robots puppets on a string and that's my theory I, I agree with you I think there is definitely that but I also feel that the um, because they're all CG animated I feel that with that you can spend a lot more time on animation and specifically how the characters are animated I feel that like Lagoshi specifically has a very specific like gait to his walk. Yeah, where he very yeah, much yeah. strides with his shoulders True. first. Plus you got Louis, who's very up, straight, smart. You know, Lagoshi's hiding. Louis's stro- like strong and standing. That's, cool. de- yeah. that's definitely true too. Because in a lot of series, especially when they use CG for filler, like crowds and stuff, they'll just all have the same animation, and like they might be mm. stagger stepped, but it's, uh, it's yeah. still identical. Just yeah, yeah, like, one foot in front it, of the other. Even then, like the, I'm, I'm watching uh, High School Girl right now, season two, because that's now out on Netflix. Um, and like the animation, just I mean, for a start, you've got the visual flair as well. Like the like High School Girl has like no shading; it's all very flat. It feels kind of trying to be very anim- as anime as it used to be, like visually. Whilst this mm-hmm. one has shading, it's got lighting, yeah. and then more importantly, the backgrounds are actually all hand drawn. The, the or majority of them, at least mostly like hand drawn with a paintbrush effect like it works very well because you've got the actors being the cg models of these characters who are also drawn in like extreme detail um, mm-hmm. even to the way that they talk and move their mouths like they all do stuff differently and it feels like the the what they're saving on having it going from a hand drawn sort of pen and paper to sort of the cg animation like there's they're saving they're making meaning that they can put a lot more effort into the details of making every character memorable and realistic and believable in this world and i think it really fucking like holds true also if you've seen the if you've seen the manga art style it's it's very interesting what re- looking at the manga art style it's beautiful it's not it's it's very, it's a lot slower i couldn't say how many volumes it goes through um, in this like first season but like you look at the way he draws sort of like Lagoshi's head and he's practically she. does it with like she sorry practically <laughs> does it with like three almost like three or four strokes like the mm. ears don't like a lot of the strokes the ears don't even like the strokes between drawing the two ears don't even touch like there's some real visual style and element that I feel that if they try to have made it hand drawn it would have just like it would have just been lost and that meant that it would have actually been a worse product than what you would have gotten now. And I think that the product that you got now is incredible. And it does jump between animation styles as well. Like when you, whenever there's a backstory, it's always hand drawn and in a really beautiful, like expressive, um, seed like colors and hand drawn style that feels very much like a, a water painting. It's beautiful. I absolutely, mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And uh, I do I think, think it, it, it does have some moments where it falls down. Like, it would be entirely remarkable if it had none. But yeah. I'd say, like, Lagoshi getting the red rage is always looks like something out of a, a, a CG fighter game to me. It's like, uh, Lagoshi has used primal <laughs> rage charging yeah. up. Yeah, I could, I could I could give you that. But then it the actually has a lot they... of similarity to Deku's uh, power up in uh in Mario <laughs> Academia with the way like the, the the energy going up the veins and stuff. It's funny. But I I agree with you also though I think it looks kind of cool so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 strange too because like for the most part it's all very naturalistic. Like there's not a lot of like weird like, you know, spit takes and stuff like that, but that's the one effect that comes over because like the they sort of visually represent the the I instincts and like you know when he can smell the scent and it's like you could get like the the 
the x-ray of like it going up into his brain and activating his like primal instincts and whatnot but yeah like his weird like charge up red rage thing like is really incongruous with the rest of the show and i think that's you know probably didn't work as well as the rest of it i think i saw that like almost like one of the first things i saw about the show or maybe the manga and I thought it was going to be like an action, like a basically a battle shonen as a result. And it turns out it's nothing like a battle shonen. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's a couple episodes where it turns into like the Yakuza video game where they like charge, you know, two guys charge into oh, a yeah. building and just like, you know, fist fight their way to the roof and then fight Speaking the boss. That, the panda guy with his fucking bamboo crossbow. Oh, so good. So good. That guy rules. I, I, love I think I think this that was like to bring that point up, Jeff. That was to me the weakest part of this show. The fact that they managed to have two guys defeat a whole Yakuza squadron was ridiculous. I really, it is. It is a little ridiculous. I, I, yeah, I really, it was. When I took a step back, I hated that that was there because it, it highlights Lugoshi's power to be almost godlike. But then it couldn't. It wouldn't have been the sort of type of show that it's like the love story that they're trying to tell. It wouldn't have been there without that happening but i just wish that mm. i just wish that there was a bit more than just legoshi and one guy going and defeating a whole fucking yakuza group it know? could have easily yeah. just been like I, I don't know a serial killer equivalent or something exactly. it, didn't have to, it didn't have to be a whole gang to get that, the same point across uh, i totally fucking agree that that would have been a, a bit of a better thing but then it wouldn't have also highlighted i guess a lot of the other social stuff that they were trying to bring across yeah okay yeah, it's like the whole point is that they're also like sort of you know an unacknowledged part of yeah, society yeah, yeah. and not just like they aren't they aren't a you know an aberration like a serial killer they're like you know basically like a shadow establishment so then it, it could have been like somebody who bought her from the meat market or something i don't know yeah. it could have been it didn't have to be a whole gang to get the point across is what i mean right like and, uh, and on know. top of that yeah and on top of that they're like unlike a lot of the show it feels like they're completely forgotten about like a lot of the show like a lot of the sort of other great stuff about this thing is that that first time when you know she he tries to eat haru like that is never forgotten that is continuously brought out throughout the whole of the show and and then this to have this weird sort of like yakuza which i don't think are really going to come back like to be just completely annihilated uh, like have you how much of the manga have you read have you read passwords I, I told you i only read the first one okay okay so, i i feel like that's going to come back especially when Rui comes back because i don't believe for a second he's dead uh no i don't think he's dead uh, I 100% believe that'll be something in season two. If not, well, I'll eat my own hand. <laughs> I hope I hope you're right. I really... You can just eat your words. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I really do hope you're right. But I, I feel that, like you said, if it could have... It could have very much easily be like a, a child snatcher or whatever type character who's... No, I, I agree with Jeff, though. I, I do think it had to be a group. I do think it had to be something where it wasn't just a rogue individual. It was a a group which was accepted when i when i brought up serial killer, serial killer that was the wrong word i don't i agree that it had to be like part of a a group an association or a part of society right like which yeah, is why i said yeah. it it could have just as easily been somebody who bought her from the meat market yeah. and i think that would have gotten the point across fine it didn't have to be an entire group of yakuza right like that that is the part that is overkill it's not yakuza, it's not that yeah. it's part of society that it was a problem it's the part yeah. it's the part where it was like you said they took out like 20 fucking gang members like just <laughs> yes, two people it was done i'm not not de i'm not denying that yeah. it was a big enough it was a big enough yakuza group for the fucking mayor to turn his back on them yeah like, exactly they're, yeah, yeah they're yeah. a huge fucking society and then to be like well a panda and a wolf took him down it's like that was all you needed like a why really did you do buff that panda though did yeah. you see that panda he got those muscles my point still made like, i just felt that that was such a weak point but to be star strength even though that was the weakest point in the show i was still buying everything that it was selling and i was still i like mm -hmm. the res because the thing that happened afterwards was the br brief like moment of sort of happiness and resolution where they're like Nagoshi and harry are together and harry's like there's nothing you can do wrong on this night and then the night turns out to be a fucking unprecedented disaster it's it was like hmm. so heartwarming and then instantly heartbreaking that this show constantly sort of deals with you gives you all the time that is just perfect like perfectly paced perfectly like produced and i loved it but mm -hmm. yeah but apart from that one thing i think that was the only weakness of the whole show but if that's the one weakness i can think of i don't 
like it's an incredible show i was gonna ask you guys uh about uh the uh va performances was the any did you particularly enjoy anyone's role Legoshi. oh man yeah Legoshi was really fucking good yeah like her was really good too I liked uh, Rui's performance a lot. I think like he, he could have so easily been a one-note villain, and yet they managed to get so much intonation into his voice like and like get across like, the, the, the these moments where he's saying one thing but meaning something different and like just through the tone and like that's that's not not easy, especially when we're only hearing the tone, not the not the real words there's so much humanity and so much character in people who aren't humans like it's more than you get in in most other fucking shows um oh wow this guy's barely done anything yeah yeah yeah, he's not basically beast stars uh he's a character in uh don machi golden kamui and some other shit oh and slime yeah you're talking you're talking about the lugoshi's voice actor yeah sorry sorry (laughs) He's a stage actor, so I wonder how much of this was like he's picked because he knows that kind of uh, environment to then come in and, and play part of this this club. And mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I, I don't. Um, I don't but, know if they're so, thinking that deeply when they cast it. <laughs> I think that. I mean, also you got Yuki Ono, who's uh, Louis, and he's fucking massive. He's in everything. He's probably. The biggest role that I'm seeing right now is Tiger from Kuroko Nabasuke, but like he's he's huge. He's uh oh yeah. So you know, yeah, Lou's been in fucking everything. <laughs> oh, that guy has. Yeah, I I'm probably missing out the real big fucking thing he's in. I like because I'm just like breezing through his uh Miami list. I'm sure there's something he's even bigger he's in. But yeah, he's he's quite he's quite seasoned. Uh, but yeah, no, I really uh I really loved. Really loved the voice acting of um, of Legoshi in particular because I felt that it was such soft, like the range of the range of emotions and expressions you get in Louis' voice acting is so much more than I feel like many of the others, and mm. he's such an interesting main character as well. Just the fact that he is this sort of like carn- herbivore carnivore character, like I think it's really beautiful. I think it's really yeah. well done. Um, it's it's, uh, it's it couldn't have been an easy job to do a character that quiet and to yeah no. get across so much. Um, probably the final thing, um, music, specifically at least for me, the OP. Oh yeah, the OP is great. great. Yeah, I don't really have any strong feelings about the rest of the music, but that OP, especially especially combined with the video, so good. Yeah, because it, mm. it's it's sort of two tone. It, it's got its like happy part and it's got its menacing part and and they're both and how it goes from flawlessly from like dark um midnight to evening where someone's chasing someone else to happy little all serenade as they dance is (laughs) just perfect and it it just is some sums up the the whole show so well particularly with how how that that like when you see that op you think oh it it has that sting in the tail you don't see coming because you you're thinking oh it's gone from the 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 nasty wolf chasing the rabbit to them dancing together happily and then mm. what does it fade out on it f- fades out in on on the the wolf covered in blood <laughs> yeah. and wondering what's happened and and, and I don't think he like, was covered in blood i thought there was blood on the floor and he was cowering in the corner or something well his his hands are covered it's, oh, it's, maybe, yeah. I can't remember. So, I'll tell you but right yeah, I, I still like this idea, idea that that it's from the very get go. It's making clear there's not necessarily any happy endings to be found here. Can I also just ask, like everyone, do you think this show could have been done if they weren't animals? Do you mean broadcast, or do you no, mean no, no. could they get away with it? I, mean, I don't know if they no, could have got away with it. I think they could have gotten away with it. I'm more talking if they hadn't written this as a cast of anthropomorphic animals and just being humans? Because in the end of the day, this is just a high school setting. Do you think it would have worked? Do you think it would have worked as well? And do you think they would have got these, like, us talking about it to this length as much mm. as well? I think the I think the, the, the whole, like, carnivores, herbivores, and the eating of flesh, it 
it's it's such an effective stand-in for so many different things at the same time like you it could be sex it could be gender it could be race it could be drugs it could be all kinds of things that you can sort of speak on all of them simultaneously with this one metaphor and to do that effectively without that metaphor it would need to be much more sprawling and much more big and, and much more explicit which i think makes it harder yeah. like yeah you can you can and, you can and you know being able to it's, it's kind of like sci-fi being able to talk about society by sort of, you know, giving it a veneer of something fantastical. And then you can s- talk specifically about something without speaking its name. Yeah. I think, you know, that's the strength of the show as well. And, you know, they're, they're, I really do think that they are doing something interesting with the animals. It's not just like a weird stylistic choice to stay, set apart from the rest. Yeah. I'd agree. Because yeah, that's, that's my like, my one take on this show is it's like, why animals? And uh, I think, yeah, that's a perfect answer, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so does anyone else have anything they want to say? Or are we done here, gentlemen? I think we're done uh, here. Yeah, I got everything I've got wanted to say. <laughs> I think we've speaker, spoken our piece. And on that very much confirmed that no one has uh, anything else to say, we will say our goodbyes. Now, everyone, as Ben would implore me to remind you, remember, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Twitter at KeyframesPod. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Keyframes Podcast. Send us questions at keyframespodcast at gmail.com. And of course, what do we say, Andy? I mean, we we tell Andy would say, I mean, Ben would say to to tell your friends, but I would say personally um, to tell that one friend who uh, decided to just join a theatre group for no reason and then also wants to have be friends with somebody who wants to be the best human in the world. Um, Just as a thought. That sounds reasonable enough. But also safe distancing whilst you do that, yeah? Yeah, and also watch it or don't. <laughs> I'm making yeah. that a thing now, John. Yeah, okay. only only because Ben was so adamant that it wasn't going to be. So now what, it's got it. It's going to happen every time. Yeah, That's I true. love it. That's yeah, true. guys, watch it or don't listen or don't, but, listen, <laughs> but don't. <laughs> Join us again next time, where for a regular episode where we'll be discussing kaiju. You know, walking national disasters in this particular time, not yeah. relevant at all. Um, and say goodbye, <laughs> everyone. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.